Hey, you're listening to the Prime Culture Podcast. This Prime Culture is for the dreamers, the schemers, and the believers. We're here to introduce a whole new generation to the abundant life. We're here for the prime of our lives. Speeding, speeding. Are we speeding? No, he, we're not. We're not driving. He was saying speeding. David. He would say speed. I'm like, David, what does that mean? He's like, that's when the numbers on the on the slap, whatever it's called, the thing, they're going. Wow. Speeding. Are we're speeding. Drinks now? You just got rid of your excess? I did. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to not live in excess. I'm trying to live a balanced life. Well, let's start by the size of the drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to live a deeply rooted firmly planted life you will always be holy mm. holy forever and the angels cry holy a creation holy <laughs> i hit the note huh yeah you did can i can i make the team or what Bro, I don't know, Come man. on, bro. You're ask just threatened me, by me. Ask me, these, <laughs> ask me these questions outside of this pod, bro. bro. you're just threatened <laughs> by me, bro. Come on, make room for my gift. <laughs> it's like, nah, bro. A man's gift will make room for him. <laughs> ah. Sheesh. Oh, my goodness. We're good, Andrew Fung? Hey, before we get started, we got to shout out Andrew Fung. Yes, come and on. And the production team. Andrew, you're the man. For real. You guys need to understand this, okay? We're just gonna we're like we're gonna give public open honor. The, open the curtains that people see in the back. Absolutely. Andrew <laughs> Hey Andrew, at some point we need to figure this out. We're like um You we, get a mic too. Yes, you get a mic and then like it's like, hey, pull that up real quick. You know what I mean? Like we need that type of we need that type of interaction because like you're so talented, bro, and I'm not just blowing smoke. You're so talented and you're so good in front and behind the camera. And so I need you guys to understand this. So shoot Andrew a thank you, right? Either on, at this prime culture on the DM or on when we post about the, the pod or whatever, Andrew leads the team. And a lot of times it's a team of one lately. It's been a team of two, four or five. Um, you're doing a great job leading the team We're building. and building the team and 100% we're building, but everything you see on social everything you see creatively, everything you see that like Andrew this year took on the reins um, of taking creative. creative direction, right? And you've been crushing it, bro. Just want to give you mad props for real, for real. Thanks for making us look so dope. He went like this. He went like this. Love you, man. Let me see Andrew. Mm, oh, wow. I can't, um, I'm I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Hey, welcome back to the pod. It's been a couple of weeks we since back. we dropped. And we back and we back. This is episode number five. Whoever counts the podcast, I just trust that they do because I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, I keep, I, keep, I, I keep track. I keep track. So it's episode five. I don't know where we're at in total episodes, um, but it's episode five of season eight. Can you believe that? This is our eighth season. Um, and it's just been incredible. So we are... In a conversation about rest, how to rest, where does rest come from, all of that. And today I have my host, our host, what co-host? Yeah, it's co-host. Are we co-hosting today? Yeah, we're co-hosting today. Typically you're the host. And, and we all just- Welcome to the Prime Culture Podcast, everyone. Hey. And we back with some rest. Yeah, man. Felipe, you good? I'm good. You just got back from vacation. Got back from vacation. I hope everybody can tell I got a 10. 
You dude, you do look a little bit, I do. a little bit, I do. a little bit more tan, a little bit just like you got some color on your skin, some good yeah, sun. I got four days in <sighs> Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Hey, which by the way, we were, we were we were in the same place we were in at the, the same, same time. place at the same time, and we didn't hang out. What's yeah. wrong with us? Diana didn't let me call you. Gosh. That's what happened. She didn't let me call you, bro. I was like. Can I call Felipe? Can we go get some pizza? Can we get? <laughs> and Diana is like, Cruz, leave him alone. It's like when you go to your friend's house and you're like, Hey, are you gonna are you gonna come out and play? And they're like, No, bro. My mom said no. My mom said no. <laughs> um, no, shout out, respect, I honor the first lady. But you do. Yeah, me too. We bro. honor you. We honor me too. Bro. We honor we honor her. And we respect your authority. So that's why we didn't hang out. <laughs> But Dude, it was awesome. It was, it was, was super awesome. dope. It was super, super duper dope. Um, but we're we're ready. We're back. We just had culture night on the twenty. Was it the twenty third of June? Yeah, yes. June twenty third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about rest. Uh, if you haven't caught it, today's Friday, so we're dropping on a Friday. I think we just dropped it, Andrew, on Tuesday. Is that what it was? We dropped it last Tuesday, right? So, um, go catch it. It's a great conversation. And actually, today we're piggybacking and we're picking. Actually, yeah. we're picking up. Uh, where culture we're night left it, up. Yeah, yeah we're, fi- we're finishing the thought. And essentially what we talked about is, was that rest is, there. you have to understand the context of unrest before you understand the construct of rest. Mm. You have to understand the context of rest before you, or of, of unrest, right? You have to contextualize. If I'm going to understand rest, we're jumping right in. Typically there's a lot more preamble, right? Like a lot more like let's just, just dive right into but it. let's just dive right into the content. But I think I think on this one we're able to, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a very direct, a very direct point that we want to get to. But if if you're feeling restless and you're feeling tired and weary, you have to ask yourself the question, where did my unrest come from? Where did my restlessness come from, right? And I think that's a big thing that where we fail, bro. Like obviously in a culture night, I can't say everything. I try so hard to say everything yes, in a culture know. night. <laughs> first of all, I don't like that tone, first of all. We are aware. No, no. But yeah, you prepare so much. You really uh, bro, want to get it all out. I want, I want to get it all out, right? Um but I think that that's a great point that I didn't get. I didn't get a chance to say it at Culture Night, where I think we make a big mistake of trying to trying to medicate something that we don't have a proper diagnosis of. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think a lot of us, especially in this in this culture right now in this generation, right? I, Diana does this thing that I love about her, and I think it's confronting and I think it's challenging, but I think it's necessary. So when she counsels people and she uh, gives perspective to people, people come to her and say, hey, will you speak into my life? When someone says, hey, I have anxiety or hey, I have depression, I'm struggling with depression. Diana, before she goes, oh man, let's talk about your depression or let's talk about the pattern of anxiety. Diana immediately says, who told you? Mm. Who told you you're depressed? Did you go to a doctor? Or did you just tell yourself? Exactly. Yeah. Who told you? Who told you you're depressed? Did I mess up the punchline? No, it's fine. It's all good, <laughs> right? Right? Like, who told you? Are it you, was are you. Are you diagnosed? Did you, did you see a professional? Did you see someone outside that has an outside perspective that isn't burdened by the self-diagnosis or the self-fulfilling prophecies yeah. mm-hmm. or the confirmation bias? Because we all kind of have a confirmation bias, Right. If you're anything like me, there have been times where it's like I felt sick and then all of a sudden I started thinking and then I was like, I hope I'm sick. 
not like I hope, like I want to be sick, but I'm pretty sure. But I'm, I'm pretty sure now. I'm sick. Yeah, that's Do you see what I'm saying? <laughs> and they call it hypochondria. Yeah, you know, and it's like you become what you fixate on, right? And so, what I love that Diana does is that she actually throws a wrench in that self that self diagnosis, in that confirmation bias. Uh, and, and if you, if for all the psychology students out there, essentially a, com- a confirmation bias is when I'm looking at something or I'm looking for answers to something, I'm going to lean towards a thing that confirmed the, the answer I want, uh-huh. mm-hmm. right? So I say all that to say this, that if you're saying, man, I'm tired or I'm restless, first of all, the question should be, who told you that? Mm-hmm. What are you comparing restless to? What are you comparing tired to? Um, and Compa- Compare to what? It's such a great question. Compared to what? Compared to what? God, that's let's 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 pause there for a second. Yeah. Right. Because we're gonna get to rest today. Like today, we we're gonna actually we we've talked about how hope leads to rest, how boundaries lead to rest, yeah. etc. But I really want to talk about G, what, what Jesus meant when he said, "Come to me, and I'll give you rest for your soul." Yeah. So for like yeah. the last 30, 35 minutes, we'll probably park it there. But I think that's a great question. Compared to what? I'm tired. Compared to what? I get, yeah, I get I get conversations with young adults or people who have you know just a lot going on and. Most of the statements that even myself I'm guilty of making is like, it shouldn't really be this hard or it should be better. That's not the right way to do it. Or that's too much work. That's too much this or too much that. And um, I don't know where I got it from, to be honest with you. But I started asking the question, compared to what? Yeah. What's that utopia that you have in your head on on realistic expectation or the vice versa <laughs> of it? Which is, what is the doomsday that you're, you're imagining in your head that you, you think that absolutely this is that. So to me, a good question to start that, that analysis of who told you, how did I get this into this place yeah. of anxiety and, and, and unrest is compared to what? Compared to what? So if, if I was, I'll just share this really quick story. It's not going to be quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you talked about hypochondria. Is that how you say it? Hypochondria. Yeah, hypo- hypochondria. Okay, so in... Um, and you, m- most people won't know this, but in 2013, I had a brain aneurysm. And, uh, and, and during that time, it was a difficult time. I was supernaturally healed by the Lord and uh, I no longer have a brain aneurysm. So if you didn't know that, that's all glory to the Lord, right? But um, after that though, after that, I thought I was done with that. I thought I was done with that once they told me I was clean and I was like my, there was no longer any brain aneurysm. I didn't know what, what came after that the the season of of really trusting in the Lord after that. So anyway, uh, two years happened, passed by, 2020. No, no, sorry. Fast forward to 2020 from 2013 to 2020. That stuff barely showed up in my life, like where I started noticing it. Anyway, in 2020, started really dealing with anxiety and unrest and all of that. I finally ended up finding out. I was, but basically I was going to the doctor every two weeks for something. Mm. It was that, it was the COVID time. So COVID really brought out fear on the inside of me, yeah. all of that, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I was calling the doctor every two weeks, showing up to the urgent care every two weeks. This is me very, being very vulnerable, right? But I was really genuinely concerned that some of the symptoms that I was feeling would lead back to a brain aneurysm. Um, so then um, there was a moment where I was on the phone with my doctor. I had been to the doctor like so many times that month. And uh, he called me, Felipe. He said, um, have you ever... I was literally saying, doctor, are you sure about this? Are you sure about that? Just asking all those questions that unrealistic scenarios that we put in our heads. And as a doctor, are you sure it, it can't lead back to that or is not traceable back to something with the brain? Are you sure? And then he said words that were like absolutely crazy to me. He said, Felipe, have you ever been diagnosed with PTSD? Mm. 
And then as soon as he said that, wow. I, I, I don't know what happened to my body, but I think it was the truth that completely set me free in that moment to be able to identify wow. what was actually going on. So then from that moment on, I, had, I had learned that my unrest and my anxiety and my, just my fear was coming from, from trauma that I faced in 2013, but it was showing up by my 2020. So uh, for a long time, I always thought that I was just a nervous person. I was just like, a, I can't deal with things. But once I learned to identify it, I could treat it properly. Right. So then it became a question of like, am I going to trust the Lord with my life mm. or am I going to try to do this on my own? So that, that leads me back to, to Jesus saying, like, if you're heavy, if you, if you're heavy, you got to give it to me. So my, again, I'll go back to the thought of my life. That's where I got it from. And that season, the thought that I told you about, like my best is not even compared to the best of the Lord. So I need to give my life back yeah. to him. So his Lordship, I learned new Lordship. I learned Lordship. I learned like the yoke of the Lord. I learned it in that season of saying like, my life is so fragile in my hands. Like if I try, I re, if I really try to pretend like I can hold my life in my hands, I'm going to either die trying or I'm going to kill myself trying um, emotionally, mental health wise. Wow. So I, I learned in, in the hard way to say like, you know what? <laughs> you take my life. That's <laughs> all I got. It's all I got. Yeah. But anyway, that just makes me think of, of being able to finally and, and like identify what was really going yeah. on. Yeah, no, but, but look, that's the heavy lifting of, of finding rest though, right? And so coming back to real quick, the question that prompted that whole, that whole story you just shared was, okay, you're tired compared to what? Compared to what season? Compared to what version of yourself? Compared to what age or stage of your life you're tired? And then what happens is your tiredness came from a, a, an artifact in your mind or an artifact in your emotions, an artifact in your experience, right? Um, there's, this, there's these things in visual graphics. I'm looking at Andrew, right? Because we recently had a situation where some, where some content got kind of like messed up. And like the disruption on there from some of the stuff I've read are like literally called artifacts, right? Like it, in the processing, it just leaves pieces in there. Right? Oh, and you're wow. like, I don't know where that came from, but it's just like a, a visual artifact. It just got stuck, right? And so I think what happens is in our, in our cognition or in our thinking or the story we tell ourselves, there's these artifacts that we reference that typically are completely embellished, over-exaggerated or underestimated mm -hmm. versions of what actually happened. Over-exaggerated and underestimated. Yes. Right? Like, so like when we're wrong, we underestimate how wrong we were. When yeah. something went wrong in our memory, in our remembering, we overestimate or we over-exaggerate yeah, yeah. how wrong and how bad it was for us. Yeah. Right? But when it, we're afraid, we overestimate it. Oh, completely. So for it, example, for me, a pain in my chest would be, I'm going to die right now. Why right. compare to what? To, yeah. To right. my brain aneurysm. Ex exactly. It's like, yeah, if I keep going back to that, I'm, it's always going to be And you're, like re I'm you're referencing that artifact, right? You're referencing that metadata, right? Yeah. You're, you're, and I'm, I'm kind of geeking out. I don't know if I want to explain metadata, right? But like metadata, like, so think, Teach of, us. think of, think of, think of like, <laughs> think of like cookies, right? On like on a, on a web browser. So, right. So your computer stores cookies so that the next time you visit that site, or the next time you visit that content, it's it loads faster. You don't have to go all the way to the source yeah. and all the way to the to the to the IP address or all the way to the server to get all of the content. The cookie stores enough content that you can recall it faster. 
Mm. Right. And so what I think what a lot of us happen, a lot, what happens with a lot of us is that we have these cookies of experiences. We have these cookies. We have these cookies. We have this metadata of, 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 of experiences, experiences, metadata of disappointments, metadata of behavior, metadata of goals, metadata of, of what the story actually was. And the moment, the moment we go through a little bit of tension, the moment we go through a little bit of conflict, the moment we go through a little bit of something that reminds us of what it, of, of what happened before the cookie kicks in and says, Oh, I know how to load this. I know the story to to tell you. I know the story to tell you. Yep. I'm comparing it to that. This is that. And what, if we're not careful, it's like, no, this is not that you have to clear the cookies. That's very good. Right. You have, you have to clear it. Right. So I, I think, I Put think down that the question, cookies. <laughs> <laughs> for real. Right. So I think, I think there's such a powerful question in that when you ask yourself, right, are you tired? Maybe, and maybe that's why Jesus, maybe that's why Jesus asks the question. Are, are you, you ti- tired? Are, are you tired? Like, are you really tired? You know, um, we'll get to that. But I really want to, I really want to come back to that. I really want to come back to that question compared to what, dude, that's blessing me so much, yeah. right? Because there's so many, there are so many comparisons we make in our heads and maybe it's not a comparison. Maybe it's like an assessment or an evaluation, um, a memory, which if you look this up, this is real neurological science. Like this is real neurological data. I wish I could just drop some facts like that. <laughs> that. Here's some uh, web development info. Most, most of <laughs> most of our memories are wrong, and we never the brain like this is this is this is medical this is, this is medical fact. Our brain does not store full memories; it stores pieces of a memory so that we can recall it. But in our recollection and in our recall, there is never total recall. Mm. Ever, hardly ever, is there a real total recall. In, in long-term memory and in yeah. long-term memory processing. Um, so like, this is why you can remember, oh man, I had a ninth birthday, but I don't remember what I was wearing. Yeah. Right? And so what happens is, out the story and the narrative we like to tell ourselves of either positive or negative of those moments will fill in the gaps of the memory, mm. right? And so I think that, dude, that question right there, compared to what? Or where, where's this coming from? It's such a key question because we'll, 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 we'll say, man, my life, man, I'm so tired. I'm so burned out. I'm so overwhelmed. Okay. Compared to what? Oh, there was a season of my life where everything was just easier. This, oh. Right. There was a season of my life when everything, oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on. Let me, like let the me, good old days like, in let, high like, school. like, let me help you remember though, bro, you're 27 years old now. Um, the, the reason it's complicated or the reason it's harder is because five years ago, you were at home living with your mom, playing Xbox till four in the morning, playing Call of Duty, and you had no responsibilities. Now you have a job, you have an apartment payment, and you have a fiance. Of course, it's a little bit harder. So what are you comparing to? Compared to what? Compared to what? And yeah. our processing, like we're, we're, what we're doing is we're comparing to... It, look, man, this is so good. We're comparing two different operating systems, mm. right? And so like your, your, current, uh, your current version of yourself cannot compare to three versions ago, right? This is why Paul said it this way. Like, I love to quote this. I remind myself of this all the time. When I was a child, I perceived like a child. My, I cognitively engaged and experienced the world around me through a specific set of boundaries and a specific set of processing child 
I was a yeah. child. But there's a moment where I change and I become a man and I mature. And a lot of our young adults, you guys have to understand that what you're calling tired and what you're calling burned out and what you're calling overwhelmed is actually developing new muscle. Yeah. You're developing new it's, processes. It's work. You're working through a whole new operating system, right? Like I'm grateful that like, so I'm a Mac user, you're a Mac user, right? I don't trust Windows users, by the All way. All the way. Right? I, I just don't trust... Dude, Andrew, are you a Windows user? No, you're not. You are though. At home, you are, bro. You're well, a you double live a agent. Different life at home. <gasps> wow. Andrew lives a double life. Oh my gosh, that's right, dude. You built like a super super computer at home, right? Like you built it. Set, I'm not gonna set, bro. That's a bro. That's Andrew, a big flex, Andrew, dog. Andrew just threw a. He go. He he just goes seven racks. Seven racks. What? Wow, that's incredible. Bro, are you running Google at home or what, bro? Like, that's crazy. Oh my gosh, man. But like, I remember that there a couple of years ago, there was a couple of a couple of upgrades in in the operating system where it changed dramatically. Mm. Right? And I think we have to understand that. That a lot of us, you're in a season right now of your life where your operating system is making dramatic changes, right? Like, I mean, now, now, right now, the operating system like Mac OS hasn't up, hasn't upgraded or evolved a lot, and the changes that they do make are typically in the background, and they're typically in the they're they're typically in the in, the, in the back processing. They're not in the visual user yeah, interface, them, right? Yeah. But every once in a while, you go through this season where the where the the UX is that right? The use the U Right? No, UX, the user interface, right? Or user experience, right? The yeah. UI, the U, UI or the UX changes. It's like, oh shoot, like I don't know where it is anymore. They change the buttons. They change the functionality. And young adults, you need to understand this. Like you, you're right now, you are in that kind of a season where your operating system is changing that dramatically. Yeah. Your, your user experience and your user interface is changing. And what you're calling tired really is just having to relearn an operating system, yeah. a new operating system in yourself. And, and of course it's, a, it's, it's a little frustrating and of course it's a little complicated, but what if what we call overwhelming really is, it's just new or it's, it's just different or yeah. it's growth. Right. And I think, I think we will do well if we ask ourselves that, God, I'm glad you asked that question. Wait, compared to what? Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm tired right now. Compared to what? Compared, compared to the days where I wasn't a, a professional, that's what that yeah. that's what I'm comparing myself that to. The fact that you just shared about like not being able to recall like total recall is like messing with me. Because <laughs> not messing with me, but it's making me it's making my mind go everywhere. Because it, it's perfect why the Lord would bring a book to the table and say, compare to compare to what? Hold it to this. Hold it to this. Hold it to. By the way, we're smacking a Bible. Oh, it's a Bible. We're smacking a Bible. It's a Bible. Like bro, the people of Israel. Bro, they forgot. Compare to what? Compare they said, to what? They said this is horrible. We need to. We need to all of us again. They were underestimating how bad Egypt was. Dude, that's a word. They were right? We un we underestimate and we. Uh, oh, what was the other word? Well, you overestimate the situation that yes. you're in, and or you, you overexaggerate the situation. Depend yes, depending where you're at. Sheesh. So the people of Israel were like, it wasn't that bad in Egypt. We were slaves though, but it was good. Underestimating, and then they were overestimating their hunger, even though they just had this beautiful thing called manna, which I'm thinking was beautiful. I don't know how it tasted, but what, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the question compared to what you can see it throughout the whole entire Bible. And I'm grateful that the Lord gave us this though. It makes sense why he gave it to us. Cause I couldn't even trust myself telling you the gospel story over generations like that. Right. We, we would mess up that message so good. Dude. Oh my God. But look, look, let's just, let's just bring that back. Let's bring yeah, that. Yeah. Dude, this is a great conversation. Let's bring, let's bring it back to that point of the children of Israel 
in in the process of growth, right? Why did it? Why did a three to five day journey take forty years? Right? It wasn't that they they. It wasn't that it was far. That it took that long to get to the promised land. It took that long to get oppression out of them. Oof. Is what it did. It took. You know what I mean? It only. It was only three to five days to the promised land, but I needed forty years to get Egypt out of me. Because I can't, I cannot possess the promise if I still have the oppressed spirit in me, right? I cannot be an overcomer and I can't be someone who possesses the promise of God if I still have a slave mentality, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And watch this, man, this is good. So you said they under, they overestimated or they underestimated how bad it was in Egypt. Remember when they said that? Like, you brought us out here to die. They're over-exaggerating. They're over-exaggerating how bad it is in the desert, right? Mm -hmm. You brought us out here to die. That's the cost of freedom, son. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's the cost. (laughs) That's the cost of freedom, right? The cost of freedom is, is let's call it this way. The cost of walking in faith is I'm relying on God. I don't know where it's coming from and I don't know how, but I know who. I feel preachy today. It was, it was the energy drink. Come on, somebody. No, look, that was mad preachy, bro. Right. But like, but that's, but that's the price that I'm living in today. Right. Like that's the, that's the cost of maturity. That's the cost of change. That's the cost of success. Yeah. That's the cost of you getting what you prayed for when you were 22. Now you're 28. You're a young professional. You've got, you've got money you need to take care of. You've got responsibilities. And it's like, oh my God, Cruz, I feel so tired compared to what? To the 20 year old college student that was hoping for a break one day and eating ramen every day. You're comp- oh, so you're comparing your your life today that takes some work. It takes work. Yeah. It takes work to possess the promised land. It takes work to walk in a promise. It takes work to go and grab hold of what God promised us. It's not like, and, and the truth is rest takes work. We'll talk about that here in a second, right? So here, here we go. The classic complaining in the desert, right? Underestimating how bad it was back then. Well, at least in Egypt, we had soup and fish. We had onions and fish, yeah, right? I, remember, I strictly remember onions. <laughs> right? And dude, and it's like, but do you forget that you were being held in a genocidal yeah. Come on. slavery context? You, you were, you, for 400 years, you were subjugated to chattel slavery. Yeah. You, you, you were held in slavery, but because now it's new and different and hard, you're thinking it was better back then, mm. right? And so this thought of not being able to properly diagnose and properly mm. understand my current condition and my current stage in life will call me or cause me to call things that are not. Yeah. Or that, yeah, call me that, 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 that I'm going through things that they're not, right? So again, let's come back to the whole point that got us on this rabbit trail. What if, what, what if it's not depression and what if it's not anxiety? Who told you that? Com- wait, compared to what? Who, who, that, who that has a neutral perspective or better yet, a professional point of view? Who, who diagnosed it? I love that Diana does that, by the way. That was the whole point, right? Like Diana does that. She's like, did you, get, did you go see a doctor? Oh, you didn't? So who told you that? <laughs> I was watching Grey's Anatomy. There's, there's, I was watching Grey's Anatomy <laughs> and they described it. And I think I have indeed, it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's a good thought though, compared to what? You know, let me... We just talked about vacation. I went on vacation and I was looking for some rest. This season of my life is the most busy, the most work-filled, um, a lot of trips, a lot of things, a lot of deadlines, anything, all those things, right? So during my trip, I was feeling overwhelmed like everybody else, right? And uh, there was a moment in, on vacation, I don't remember when, but I literally had a moment with the Lord where I felt like He literally 
kind of like allow me to see beyond what I can see naturally, basically. Not a supernatural experience, but just in my thoughts. The Lord speaks to me that way. He just puts a thought in my head. So basically he said, um, and he said, basically remind me in 2019, you, you asked, you prayed this prayer. You said, Lord, give Lisa and I more, mm. give us more influence, mm. give us the ability to help more people, mm. give us the ability to write music. I pray for that in 2019, give us the ability to, to really get this thing with prompt culture going. I literally prayed that please let <clears throat> hundreds of young adults come in here. Please let this happen. Let this happen. Let us record music. Let us do all this. Right. And then I was, I, I don't remember where I was, but basically he said, what you're calling overwhelming is the more that you ask for. Yeah. I multiplied, I multiplied what you asked me to multiply. Why are you looking at it this way? And I remember like literally Lisa and I were like debriefing on the way back on the drive back. And I, I was, I just repented. I was like in tears with my wife in the car. And I was like, he, he gave us more, babe. And I, I just didn't see it. And I, I just kept saying, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like I keep, I keep saying that, that this is hard and it is hard and it, it, and it is this and it is that, but make no mistake. It's, 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 it's a promise. And you said right now, you said it takes work to, to walk in a promise. It takes work to steward the promise. Like a lot of us focus on, on praying for it. Like, Lord, can you please do this? And then he gives it to us. And then we, we think it's just going to be like vacation after that. And it, it actually takes work. So to me, it's like, compare, I, again, compare, <laughs> compare what I hear. Honestly, what, what was I comparing my life to at that moment? I was comparing it to what I hear. Oh, we work too much, mm. fast-paced life. What I hear, what I hear on social mm. media, what I hear my friends say, what, I, what everyone's saying, right? We're busy, we're tired. Like when you ask somebody like, hey, bro, how are you doing? Busy or tired, baby. That's, That's all I got. It is, yeah. And again, I was projecting, I guess, I, or I was just receiving that and labeling something the Lord gave me, the promise that he gave me as a burden. I was looking at my promise as a burden. And again, it was, it was like this, this whole moment and it was, it was really wholesome. But to me, it's like that question has blessed me so much. I don't know when I started saying that, but I've been telling that to, to a lot of the, the guys and it's been helpful. It's just compared to what? And all of a sudden it brings you back to the, to the ground. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> this is actually good. <laughs> I, think, I think you said something really, really key. Now I, I want to I focus on that a little bit on promise Promises take work, right? Or if I were preaching it, I would title this the problem of a promise. Oh, do you know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, why are you so good at that, bro? I don't know, bro. I don't know. I feel like I I honestly imagine like a sound effect, like on a stage and then just the title came on. The problem of a promise, right? And if, if, if we're, if we're not careful, you guys, we'll look for rest as inactivity. Mm Mm-hmm. We'll look for rest as, ooh, I'm done, right? And that is not the context of rest. In a second, we'll land in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, where Jesus talks about, come to me, I'll give you rest. And, and we'll unpack three or four statements that Jesus makes. But I really, man, I feel really compelled to, to kind of just park it there on, on the work of a promise and walking through a promise, right? Uh, last year, <clears throat> Actually, it was like 2000, I think 2021. In August, we were celebrating our birthday. Yeah, it was 2021. Yeah. We had um, uh, we had Tim Summers with us yeah, from yeah. Big Flex, name drop. <laughs> if you're listening, Tim, he's not. <laughs> but, <laughs> anyway, um, 
And for every time we have a culture night, every time we have a service, we always do a team rally, mm-hmm. right? And so, or, or we do a team, yeah, team rally and someone shares a, an encouraging thought or a perspective and it challenges a team, blah, blah, blah. And so that night it was my, it, it was, it was my assignment to do the team rally. And I shared the thought of little by little, right? Out of Exodus chapter 23, where the Lord says, look, I'm, I can't give you the whole thing right away. And you were talking about, you know, promises take work. And, and I thought about, man, like the thought that went through my head right now, I was like, man, dude, like if God gave me everything I've been asking for right now, it would probably kill me. Mm-hmm. It would squash me. It would break me for real. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I could handle the stuff that I'm believing for. I don't know that I have the character for it right now. I don't know that I have the workflow for it right now. Yeah. 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 You know? Um, and I think for a lot of us, what if the restlessness we have is really more frustration at the pace of the promise, right? Mm. The pace of it should have been faster and it should have been sooner and it should have been different and it should have been, and it should have been, and it should have been. And what that does is unrelenting disappointment makes a heart sick. Another word for sick there makes a heart tired and weary, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I just want, I just want to take a moment to minister to people with that, who feel restless, maybe not weary and tired, or maybe you are, but you're, you're weary and tired because of, of your waiting or because you think it should have been different, Yeah. which one of my points at culture night was we, the context of restlessness or, or the need for rest or tiredness comes from a place of disappointment often. Right. And I shared the story of John. I'm not going to share it now. Go read Matthew 11, when you get a chance, but Matt, but, but John was, was disappointed with Jesus. Yeah. And he said, Jesus, it, it should have been different. It should have been, it, it shouldn't have been this way. And the Lord, you know, replies to him with such wisdom. He says, well, go tell John if that you see this, that, that blind eyes are being opened, yeah. the sick are being compared healed. Compared to what? Compared to what? Come on, bro. That's so good. We have to do, we have to do something with that. Yeah. Compared to, c- compared to what, John? Oh, your, bl- your, your expectation? Are blind eyes being opened? Bl- exactly. Are blind eyes being opened? Are the sick being healed? Very good. Are, and are John's dead, eyes were, the, were in his in his his, in his current jail. situation, his current disappointment, his preference that it should have been different. So his mm. restlessness came with of because he was offended and disappointed with Jesus. Yeah. And Jesus calls it out and he says, "Tell John he's tell John he's blessed if he's not offended with me." Oh, this is good. I didn't talk about it at culture night. This is why you got to listen to the podcast, right? Like the word "blessed" means to move forward. Mm. Right. And he said, tell John, he won't move forward until he stops being offended with me. Wow. And that's the invitation. Come to me. If you're, if you're tired because you're mad at me. <laughs> Which I've been there. I've been there. Dude, I've been mad at, I've at been mad. I've been mad at God. We yeah. all have. Andrew yeah. Fung is, is nodding his head. It should have been different. It should have been sooner. It should have been more. You shouldn't have asked me for that. Why do I have to do this? Why, why, why do they get to? And I don't, do you see what I'm saying? And the Lord is like, Hey, do you want rest? Come back to me. Come back. If you want rest, come back to me. Right. And oftentimes we get restless because at the pace of the promise, I just wanted to share this, right? Like, and so the Lord says, look, I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to sort out the hornets. I'm going to chase away the wild animals. And he says, but look, I'm, I'm not going to drive them out in one moment for you. Or he says, I'm not going to do it at, before you in a single year. He says, I'm going to do it little by little. Yeah. Why? Because if I, if I give it to you immediately, you have to think, look how wise the Lord is. I've never thought about it until right now. Look how wise the Lord is. 
he's actually giving ownership to people who haven't owned anything in 400 plus years. You're right. Isn't that crazy? Like you don't know how to own you things. You don't know how to own things. <laughs> and there's, there, is, there is a degree of slavery and comfort and convenience. Yeah. There's a degree of oppression when you don't know how to own something. When if something breaks in your apartment, you call the front desk. Hey, my air conditioner's not working. You know who I call when my air conditioner doesn't work? Me. <laughs> That's you who know, I Pastor call. Pastor Charles and I were talking about this yesterday. He says some people are willing to give up their freedom for exchange of safety. Oof. That's literally what he said that, yesterday. That's, that's exactly the point. And he says that's very scary because, I mean, it's, it's funny that what, uh, is what we crave as human beings, honestly. That's actually it's what security. It's security. And, safety. And safety. But sometimes you can be bonded to something and they could be hurting you but somehow you somehow feel like it's safer than absolutely the latter. Watch and look, look, look at what's happening. And my God, I, I really believe that there is, there, there are so many young adults at this thought right here. It will free you guys. You got, you have to hear what we're saying right now. Look, there's a blessing in this process and there's a blessing in this pace. There is a promise and a purpose on your life, but there's a blessing in this pace. Could it be that the Lord knows more about your capacity than you do? That the Lord knows the true amount of your capacity more than either your underestimation or your overestimation of yourself, yeah, yeah. right? And the Lord is so kind and he's so wise um, that he doesn't let you live a lie because you'll lie to yourself and call it rest. Right, like ooh, I like I, I just I lied on my I lied on my resume. I got the job, right? And it's rest for a little bit until you can't. until you can't do the job until you faked it till you made it. But you didn't make it. <laughs> but you didn't make it, <laughs> right? Watch. And I was reading this last night. I was I was revisiting a book that changed my life a couple of years ago, and I I, I looked at the, at a highlight, and it says a lie is anything that is not congruent with the loving and wise design of God. Mm. That's what a lie is, right? So look, what if his loving and wise design is, I'm not going to give you this in one year because here's what's going to happen. I'll give it to you and the wild animals and the weeds will overrun you. But here's what we're going to do together. We're going to go little by little, little, by little until you're strong enough to possess it. And so in, in that, Felipe, we come back to compared to what? Because there's going to be a moment where you possess it and the version of you that possesses is not the version of you that began the process, right? And in it, there's this beauty in the waiting. There's this beauty in, in, the, in the learning, in the growth. And so I just thought we needed to just kind of like yeah, hover that, on that for a little bit. That's basically renewing your mind. Yeah, 100%. That's, you know? that's beautiful. So, so let's talk about Jesus's invitation a little bit to rest, right? Yeah. We've got about 25, 20 minutes left. Um, so... I love I love that there's there's been this there's been this construct that is that has emerged in this conversation, which this got this conversation is so godly. Like, oh my gosh, like I yeah. Um it's so good. So we've been asking compared to what? So what it is is it's this is this con it's this contrast of options, right? And so Jesus in his classic statement, which so many of us have heard it, right? Matthew eleven twenty eight, and he says, Come to me all who are tired and heavily burdened, and I'll provide you peace, 
right? I love the amplified version. He says, come to me, I'm actually reading. It says, come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals. We were talking about this at lunch, right? Things that you do habitually, right? Things that you do on a regular basis that provide no peace to you and I'll give you rest. Interesting that he's not saying rest is a an absence of activity. Mm-hmm. What he's setting you up for here is it's a change of activity. That's great. That's a word. Right? <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. He's not saying come to me and you're going to stop everything you're doing. He's saying, if you finally realize that what you're doing is a waste of time, mm-hmm. that what you're doing is an exercise in futility. If you don't know what futility is, a word that's synonymous with futility is pointless. What you're doing is pointless. How long are you going to do that for? Right? Uh, like, how, how long are we, how, how long are you, how long, how long are you going to be that version of yourself? How long? Wow. How, how, how long are you going to do that religiously? A lot of us, right? Like we, I love the conversation we had at lunch. We don't have time to unpack it all the way. Right. But religion isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Religion is just something yeah. you do on a regular basis. So at some point we may have a conversation and I may invite Pastor Jared on here. We might have a conversation about, you know what? Maybe religion is good when it's based on good believing, good doctrine, good foundation. Religion is bad when it's based on bad doctrine, bad understanding, bad information, right? And this is what Jesus is saying. Hey, let's change your habits that are bringing you no peace. Yeah. And I'll give you rest. So immediately, that, that word come, Felipe, immediately he's saying, hey, maybe you should do it different. Because that's what the word come means. Watch, I'll just give it to you. The word come is an invitation. It's not an interruption. Mm. A lot of us, when we want rest, we want an interruption. I want to be able to put out of the office on my email signature or whatever, my email auto response for three weeks. I just want to rest. I just want, really what you want is an interruption. Yeah. But Jesus That's doesn't, a, Jesus does not so provide true. interruptions. He yeah. provides invitations. Yeah. Right? And so his invitation is come to me. I want you to move towards something different and away from where you are right now. Real rest comes when we're willing to be honest. Where I am right now is not going to, is not helping. This is not it. And an in, in, in interruption is not going to change it. What I need is an invitation to something different. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's what Jesus is setting up immediately in this invitation. He's saying, hey, let me give you the opportunity to see something different than what you've always done. Yeah. Come to me, I'll give you rest. That word rest is really cool because when I studied it, the word rest is not freedom or exemption from work or labor. Literally, it begins with that in the Bible, in the Bible dictionaries I use. It literally starts off with that. It says rest is not relief from work or labor. <laughs> so, so when Jesus offers this. Someone just flipped their laptop right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I want. I want to go to Cancun right now, bro. That's what I want Jesus to let me go to Cancun. That's what I want, right? <laughs> Watch. Um, and so a lot of people, like I sent you, I, I, so Felipe and I, we just have, have to have a time of confession. Like Felipe and I like secretly just get mad at people who are like these Instagram theologians, 
um, that are just so stupid. They're so dumb. I'm always respectful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I am. I'm, I not. Am. I'm, I not. I'm am. not. I'm not. I'm not. So look, when when it merits respect, oh, I'm polite. Yes. I'm polite. Yeah. Right. Which is why I'm not on their comments and I'm not at at mentioning yeah. them in my stories and stuff. Right. I'm pretty close right now to start making some noise about that, right? Because yeah. there are so many voices right now that like, they mean well. I love how Pastor Charles says it, right? Like, man, they're so sincere, but they're so sincerely wrong. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost want to go on a tangent of just telling you guys not who they are, but what they're saying. Right? Stop listening <laughs> to this guy. <laughs> We're going to make a list. Don't listen to these people. But, right? it, but it's crazy though, because uh, like you said, the wrong kind of information can actually influence the, your perspective on rest. And I think that's what we have. We have a misinformed rest. Yes, bro. We have a misinformed yes. generation about yes. rest. And we think that doing less is going to give us rest. Right. And it's not it. Because no. whenever I stop doing something for two weeks, I start feeling like the opposite of useful. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So then I become defeated and it's a pattern. It goes all over again. It's a trap. Yeah. It's a trap. And what we call rest is is really escapism. Yes. I'm just trying to escape. I'm just trying I'm just trying to escape my reality. I've just and and we all have different forms of escapism. I'm going to go down them. For some of us it's 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 pointless relationships. For some of us it's the party on the weekend. For some of us it's pornography. For yeah. some for some of us it's Video food. Games. For some of us it's retail therapy. We're buying stuff we don't need. Self-care. Right? It's self-care. Like dude, self We're coming for you. Bro, no, dude, but for real and we call it self-care, all of this and it is all a form of escapism. And what that does, it, it doesn't allow you to actually take responsibility for your environment. Like you end up just coming back to it and dealing with it yeah. for a while yeah. until you get tired of it and you yeah. escape it. And then you end up wondering why you're in the same place yeah. two years after that place. And I really want to address this. There's this weird tone, in, in, especially on social media, in terms of the rest Jesus gives. I sent you a message yesterday yeah. that was specifically this text that someone was teaching, right? And this thing had like 64,000 likes. And I was like, God, people, people, are like, That's pe- a word. Pe- people are being led astray. And so here was the premise. The premise was, um, and I, man, I'm not going to point it out because you might see the content and you might like blast me like, my pastor doesn't agree with you, right? I don't want that. I'm not trying to pick fights. I'm trying yeah. to help you. I'm trying to speak to our culture and say, we don't believe this, right? So his whole point was like, man, you're so burdened down with life. And Jesus makes this, this invitation. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. And, and, and I was with him. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm rocking. Let's go. He'll take off the burden, blah, blah. And he says, and then what happens is when you respond to Jesus, he just tells you, sit right there. I'll take care of everything. No, and I'm don't. like, wait, what? When did Jesus become an escape too? Yeah. He's not an escape. He's a solution. He's an Ooh. answer. He's a truth. And maybe that's why you're disappointed with your relationship with Jesus because he keeps force, he keeps pushing you towards growth and you want him to take care of everything. You want him to be an escape. And you he's want- not that for you. So you have, you have wrong expectations about who Jesus is in your life. Yeah. So then you keep being disappointed that yeah. you still have to go back yeah. to work and you still have to go back to work for another year before yeah. you get that promotion yeah. or before you get your dream job or before you finish school. Um, it's in, I mean, I'm going to stop there. No, no, this is, this is, this is, so, this is so good. I'm not, I don't want to say anything. This is so, no, no, this is, this is yeah. so good. This is so good. Um, now the beauty is that if you say something controversial, we can just cut it out. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, <laughs> but that's maybe, not. Je- maybe. But what, I, what I was trying to say—that's not Jesus. That's a that's a man-made Jesus. Well, look, 
Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. Yes, it's it's an idol. It's yes. a version of Jesus that looks like I want him to look like. Yes. Well, my Jesus gives me rest. My, my Jesus, Jesus takes me to Cancun. Uh, right. Year. My Jesus lets me just sit in my bed and not worry about anything. And it's like, let go and let God. That's not how that works, son. I just said son twice. Like, that's not how that works. That's not that like if you read the context, I'm all I'm all hyper. If you read, if you read the context. Jesus does not provide interruptions. He provides invitations. Yeah. Come to me and I'll give you rest. So I have to ask the question. I have to contextualize and understand rest. Okay, so then what is rest? Rest is not an escape from work or labor. Rest that Jesus offers is a relief from enduring suffering from the habitual things that were providing you no peace, mm-hmm. right? So essentially what he's saying is, look, the result of what I'm gonna ask you to do is going to be rest. Okay. The result of, we think rest is an activity. Rest is an outcome. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Rest is not the act like, or the activity of inactivity, right? Rest is the outcome. So he's saying, look, if you come and you do what I'm about to tell you to do, you're the result is going to be rest. Right. And so in, in the original language, when Jesus says it in the Greek rest is this, watch it's, it's a, a freedom from enduring and suffering it's a liberty from imprisonment. It's relief from anxiety, worry, paranoia, from suffering, from poverty, and persecution. But again, just bring back the context. Uh, this of what? Right. What is right. that? Compa- watch, watch. So now, again, you have to understand that Jesus is saying rest compared to unrest. Compared to what? Right. Exactly. Yes. Right. So he's saying the religious practices that we're bringing you no peace. Watch. I love it because it's like Jesus knows what our life was going to be like. He's like, how many times are you going to go to Vegas? <laughs> like that's the fourth time you went to Vegas this year. Is that bringing you peace? Mm. Or are you still enduring suffering? Are you still bound by anxiety? Are you still worried and paranoid? You're at Caesar's palace at the shops at Caesar dropping $2,000 paranoid and worried and you get a rush of adrenaline the moment you get it, and then you wear it once and it's gone and you're back in a place that provided you no peace. You don't have rest. And Jesus is saying, this is what I'm comparing my rest to. Yeah, My rest is gonna give you freedom from those empty practices of escapism, those empty practices of self-medicating, those empty practices of I, I, I idolizing mm-hmm. these, these, these indulgences that give you a form of peace and relief in a moment, and then it's gone. And he's saying, I'll, I'll give you rest from that. But I, watch, and, but then he says, but I'll give you rest. He doesn't say, I'll give you rest for work. I'll give you rest for bo- your body. He says, I'll give you rest for your soul. That's the point. And a lot of us miss that, that the rest we get from Jesus is not a vacation. It's that we get to go back and confront the march we're on right now, with a refreshed soul. He doesn't refresh my current panorama. He doesn't refresh my current situation. He may not refresh my marriage. He may not refresh the circumstances of, of the circumstances of the decisions I just made, but you know what he'll refresh? My soul. Yeah. And I'll be able to walk in that current situation free from suffering. Yeah. Free from good, poverty, good. right? And I'm not talking... I'm not talking financial poverty. I'm talking mental and emotional poverty. 
right? Because a lot of times we'll get so we'll, we'll, we'll get so restless and we'll chase things that leave us emotionally bankrupt, mm-hmm. or hopefully not in real life financially bankrupt. Hopefully not, right? And so the rest that Jesus gives is not a rest from work; it's a rest from suffering that comes at the hands of all these aimless pursuits of human behavior that and right human there. indulgence that results in zero benefit. That right there. That's it. That's the it's rest not a Jesus golden ticket. Gives. No. No. It's not a golden ticket with one destination. Your dreams come true. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we think, that's right? That's what we think. Jesus is here to make, and, and, and man, unfortunately people preach it. Yeah. And he'll make all your dreams come true. And he'll, and it's like, actually, no, no he won't. No, 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 he won't. Jesus doesn't exist for you. Oof. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 we have to remember that. I'm playing, I'm playing. Right? Look, look. I love that song. D- does, he, does, he, does he bless? Absolutely. Yes. Right? But here's the beauty, that I can live free from anxiety and paranoia and worry and suffering and say, the Lord is my portion He's yeah, my cup. He's enough. He's enough. He's my he's reward. sufficient. The Lord is my reward. And although he didn't give me what I hoped or what he thought, what I thought I should have had, I have rest in my soul. Why? Because Jesus is good. Mm-hmm. Because I know Jesus and I'm walking with him. Watch. So now that we have the context of rest, then we have to know the construct and the activity of rest. So Jesus says, I'll give you rest for your souls if you do this, right? And this is what he says, uh, if you do this, watch. So if you take my yoke upon you, Take my yoke, learn of me, and you'll find that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. Right? So let's talk about this. If you want rest for your soul and you want real yet, real rest, real rest comes with a yoke, right? That thought of being yoked begins with having humility and meekness enough to follow someone else's teaching and perspective. We often teach that being yoked to Jesus is like two oxen, right? That's the classical teaching. Think of yourself as you're like, you're the smaller, smaller ox and then Jesus is the bigger ox. Comes and, and protects you. And it, right, and, and he pulls it for you. That way you don't have to do the work. Uh, that's so dumb. <laughs> like any farmer, no, no, but you're for real. You're savage today, bro. I, I am, love bro. It. I love it. Any, any farmer, any farmer, it's because Diana's not here. That's what it is. Somebody's got him. <laughs> <laughs> bro, any farmer will tell you, you don't yoke a, a baby with a beast. Yes. It's uneven. It's unequal. That's yes. what it means to be unequally uh, yes. yoked. And so either the baby gets killed Right and drug along, or the big one gets all chubby and doesn't do anything, <laughs> <laughs> and or or the big one gets tripped up and the mm-hmm. un, and the big one dies because mm-hmm. he got tripped up by the little inexperienced and that's one. What, for all the couples out there, that's what it means to be unequally yoked. You're following Jesus at different paces, right? In different streams of whatever you can get. No, 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 I love this. But it, I love most this. of most young adults feel like, oh, the way that Jesus fills me is like different than him. I have a no. It's the way that you're following his direction together. It's at different paces. He might be the little boy, you might be the big one. He either slowing you down or vice versa. You might you might die. <laughs> Just kidding. But if we're looking if we're looking at it, at the perspective of it, yeah. Jesus is neither one of the beasts. He's the one driving. He's the one driving. <laughs> and he's the what is it called? Farmer? It, yes, dude. Yeah, dude. Isn't that funny? It's funny, like, oh, he's he's yoked to me. That's so arrogant, right? You okay. are not equal to Jesus. <laughs> you are not. You can't handle that yoke <laughs> if he's on it. Right. Watch. 
So again, this is why understanding context, this is why understanding context and learning to study the Bible appropriately is so important. This is why at a culture night, if I'm preaching or anyone who preaches, right? Anyone who comes on our, that comes on our pulpit, we're going to have an expectation that you know how to rightly divide the word of God, yeah. right? And so there's this thing called inductive study. It's, it's not deep. It just, it's a, it's a generally known process of study and inductive study asks, what's the context? What's the culture? What's the time? What's the appropriate, what, what for me to appropriately understand when Jesus said this, what was the era? What year was it? What's happening in that age? Yeah, yeah. And why Why would the term yoke be appropriately? What would it make sense? Or why them? is it adequate for Jesus to use it? Yeah. So the book of Matthew is written to Jews. Okay. The book of Matthew is written to Jews. Let me, let me fact check that. This is where we would need you, Andrew. Right. Andrew, pull that up. <laughs> this is real-time research. Oh. Fact check. Who was Matthew writing for? Matthew's gospel is clearly written for a Jewish audience yep. living within the immediate proximity of the homeland itself. Yeah. Right? So, thank God my facts are correct today. You're, right? you're on it, bro. Um, so, if, if, if Matthew is written for Jewish people, then there is a Jewish perspective that Jesus is reinforcing when he says, take my yoke upon you. So he's not talking about, we're going to be yoked together and I'm going to do all the work for you. I'm the big ox. You're the little ox. That's great preacher friend, but do your study, bro. You know what I'm saying I'm grateful for you. Do your study, but do son. Your study, son. Right. Okay. <laughs> so a basic inductive study of understanding, okay, so the book of Matthew is written to Jews. Jews follow the Torah. Jews would have a rabbi that they're connected to. Mm -hmm. Did you know that the same word used for yoke here is the same word that Jews, when they were connected and under and submitted to, authority. to a rabbi? Wow, I didn't know that. Is the same word as yoked. And they would say, I am yoked to this Dude. rabbi. So he's saying, oh, he's saying a lot. <laughs> he's saying a lot. So big picture, he's saying, man, the, 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 the fruitless work of the law is not, is not it anymore. Yoke yourself to my teaching. The burden, because he's not saying, I'm going to free you. He's saying, I'm going to put a burden on you. Yeah. He's still saying his burden is light. <laughs> right. He his says, my, 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 the, the load I put on you. It's still a yoke, though. It's still a yoke. And I still tell you where the to go. The expectation is still like, you know, you want to know what the expectations are? Go read the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 9. Yeah. Right? There's a burden. There's a responsibility. But he says, man, my burden is easy. And, and, I'll, and we'll explain what easy means, right? So he's not talking about, hey, come on, let me do the work for you. I'm going to be the big ox. You're going to be the little ox. I'm just going to give you a piggyback right. Like, that's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, hey, you've been under the wrong teaching and the wrong teachers have been giving you the way of life. Come out of where you are and let me teach you how to live this life. Let me give you some instruction. And so the term yoking literally is when a person would come to a teacher and say, 
I'm humbly submitting myself to you. I'm going to follow you as your disciple. I'm going to do what you teach. Watch, look at this one. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. Watch, literally means following me as my disciple. And here's, here's what, how he disciples us. He says, I'm gentle, I'm humble in my heart. You'll find a renewal, blessed quiet in your soul. If your soul isn't quiet, you're doing Christianity wrong. Let that just marinate there. Let's just let's just let's just sit on that, right? Yeah. Like, anyway, I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to sound condemning, <laughs> condemning, and all that. But here's what I'm saying: maybe just maybe maybe just maybe we have been. Oh, dude, this is a big deal. I think it's possible to worship Jesus but not follow Him. The same way, the same way we worship Kobe or LeBron. Yeah. Or Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. He's amazing. You can admire Jesus right? and not follow him. But you don't follow him. You're not yoked to him. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Um, you might be yoked to something else. Right. And you worship Jesus every Sunday. And we worship Jesus. We're around him on Sundays, but we're yoked to. And we keep following the instruction of something else. We follow the instructions of our PTSD or we follow the instructions of our experiences, of our experiences, our parents, the pressure of family, culture, the, the, the fear of the fear of being excluded by our friends. That's our rabbi. That's what's teaching us how to live the desire our for money. Our potential sometimes Oof. is our instructor. Right. And that becomes your rabbi. What's teaching you? That's a good question to ask right there. What and who is teaching you how to live? And how's that working for you? What does that look like? How's that feeling? You call it good compared to what? Yeah. Right. And it's like, you got these mentors and they're teaching you to grind and hustle and just, you know, and it's, and, and it's money and success above all things. And it's costing you your soul. Yeah. Like it's costing you your spirit. It's costing you who you really are. Are you really happy? Can you make eye, are you really happy with yourself? Can you make eye contact with yourself in the mirror and literally be say, man, I like that guy. Mm. See, that's what Jesus gives. He gives a refreshing and a renewal for your soul, the inside you, the real you. Yeah. Right? And so Jesus says, look, come follow me. Right? So take my yoke. So a yoke literally is literally means to have the humility and the meekness to follow another. Watch. And I'm I'm gonna challenge you guys on this. I'm big on this, man. And I was I was sitting with our <clears throat> we have a we have a group of of leaders that we've been discipling for the last almost 10 weeks. We call them culture carriers. And if you're listening to this, you're like, how do I become a culture carrier? We'll let well, you know. We'll let you know. It's, it's, and I'm not gonna apologize for it. It is what it is. I, me and Diana handpicked them. And there's about 32 of them. And every Saturday uh, for the last almost 10 weeks, we've been just studying and learning and growing in the, in the same direction. Um, I will say this though, if, if, if that's something that intrigues you, be somewhere where me or Diane are and we can't miss you. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like go serve, get close. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm not afraid to say it that way. Right. So thank you for not being, oh, well, actually I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Okay. But watch. So I was challenging our, our, I was challenging our carriers this past Saturday on, man, you got to know the word. Right. And when I studied about being yoked to a rabbi, this literally exemplified and embodied a disciple that was yoked to a rabbi. Ready? They memorized his words. That's fundamental. 
They memorized his words. In Jewish they, culture. They adopted his interpretation of scripture. They imitated his model. They multiplied his teaching in disciples of their own. That was basic fundamentals to being yoked to a rabbi. I memorize your words. I adopt your interpretation of scripture. I imitate your model. And then I go and I multiply your teachings in disciples of my own. Who are you yoked to? And who's yoked to you? And look, this is a big question. The ones that are yoked to you, are you bringing them rest because you're yoked to the right one? Or are you just multiplying Or are you just multiplying unrest? Sheesh. Right? Real rest, true rest. So Jesus says, look, my yoke is easy. Another word for the another word for the word easy here literally is my yoke is simple. I, when I studied this, Felipe, I was so blessed because what the standard and the model that Jesus sets is not complex. It's not complicated, and it's not it's not easy. But it's not. Let me say it this way: it's simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's simple but it's not easy. So when Jesus is saying my yoke is easy, it's, it's a misinterpretation. What, what should have been there is it's simple. It's a simple choice. Yeah, it's actually a choice away. It's a simple choice. It's a simple, yes. It's an act of obedience. I'm going to do it your way, mm-hmm. right? And literally the word simple or the word easy there means it's I'm able to use it. It's not complicated. Rest, you're, you're able to accomplish this rest is the promise of Jesus. I've closed my Bible because we're done talking. Yeah. Right? It really is that simple. The rest that Jesus offers is available and it's simple. But it starts with an acceptance of coming. Come, change the direction you're in. Yeah. See how simple that is? Hey, the stuff that isn't working, don't do that anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right? Like, Change the direction. Try me. An invitation. He gives you the invitation. Stop looking, for the, stop looking for the interruption. Yeah. Right? Try me. And I'll give you rest. Not an absence of work, but freedom from the enduring suffering of anxiety and worry and paranoia. The feeling like it's all going to fall apart. You know? And you'll find rest for your soul. That's what you really want. You know, I've lived, I've lived through seasons and patterns in my own life where even in times where things were really good, I didn't have rest in my soul because mm-hmm. I, I literally felt like this. I felt like this is too good. It's all going to fall apart. Now you're waiting for the, for the punch yep. in the gut. Yep. I'm just waiting for it to fall apart. Right. But Jesus comes and says, I'll give you rest for your soul. And he doesn't say, I'm going to do the work for you. He says, I'm going to help you do work that is meaningful and actually brings you peace. If you're humble enough, to submit yourself to me. Yeah. And that's the invitation that we're making to the culture to rest. We, are you willing to change the direction, the direction of your opinions, your entitlements, your indulgences, and say, Jesus, I'm going to go get yoked to you. You're my rabbi. You're my teacher. I'm yoked to you. And then I'm going to start memorizing your words. I'm going to start talking like Jesus, and I'm going to imitate your model, and I'm going to do it the Jesus way. And he Amen. says, when you do it, you find rest for your soul when you do it my way. Amen. Amen. Selah. I finally got to say that. Selah.
rest. Yeah. That's rest, y'all. That's rest. I hope that helped. Did that make sense? Yeah, that helped me right now. <laughs> we love you, everyone. Yeah, we love you so much. Thanks for tuning in, you guys. For real, so, so much. We're so grateful for you. And I pray that this really does challenge you to find true rest. You know, we've been talking about rest a lot in our circles and we're still in circle season. So here we go. It's the time of the podcast where we make all our shameless plugs. So first of all, get in the circle, right? Go to- um, What are you doing? Go to our- You don't have plans. Go to our- go. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you just canceled your plans because they're not giving you rest. You know, that's what happened, man. <laughs> no, but look, look, for real. Go to the link in the bio in our Instagram profile and find a circle. There's, there's a link there and it gives you- We have circles all over the city. They're incredible. They're life-giving. And the rest that is coming and that, we're, that is coming out in, in, in everyone who's a part of a circle in their lives is undeniable right? And so we're learning about rest. We're learning about rest in the context of community. So you got to be in a circle. Secondly, you got to be a conference. Okay. Like, look, register. you got to go get that registration for conference. The reason we keep, we keep reinforcing this and just exhorting you and saying, man, you got to be there is because we believe number one in the gathering of the saints, the Lord does something so special. A friend of mine called me today and he said, Hey man, he was, he's, he's from South Texas. And he says, Hey, we're coming to conference. I literally saw that call at the gym. Happen. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, yeah, I did. Okay. He was like FaceTiming. Yeah, I was FaceTiming. Benching. He was like right after bench. <laughs> he was, he FaceTimed me today. And I, he was like, we're coming to conference. Connect me with the team. And he goes, Cruz, I, like, he goes, man, we, we moved our plans. They're, 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 they had some plans that same weekend. He said, we moved our plans because we know this. There's a special anointing on the first one. Mm. And he says, and we've been praying that for you guys, that there's a special anointing on this first one. And we don't want to miss the first one, right? So listen, we don't want you to miss the first one. You got to be a part of our very first Prime Culture Conference. We believe it's going to change everything. Absolutely. And so you can register at um, www.thiscultureCon.com and uh, it's going to be absolutely amazing. It's funny that you said the triple W. That was www. That was above and beyond. Thisculturecon.com. You got to get signed up. And also give us a like, give us a comment, yeah. share this pod. We love you guys. Thank we you so you. much for rocking with us. Grateful for you. We'll see you soon.